The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? Great night to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rushed out of the pocket, throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Thursday the 17th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths had to uh, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or at their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Hopefully. Uh, you guys aren't deaf after the beginning of the show, but uh, good morning. Just got a lightning bolt in my subconscious there. I'm awake, though. I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, well, for oh, those, uh, to clarify for everybody, I had the uh, they were saying that they couldn't hear anything in their headphones. It's because I had it in the wrong channel, and as soon as I did, it was uh, an, an unbelievable deafening volume <laughs> for all of us, but f- specifically them, which was uh, very interesting, that's for sure. But uh, how are you guys doing? Well, after uh, I lost hearing in my left eardrum, I'm okay, but we're doing all right, doing all right. It was a uh, good afternoon, got to watch some action over on, uh, it was a windy and snowy game between Northern Illinois and Miami of Ohio. It ended up being a pretty good game, Miami of Ohio ended up winning that one, and yeah, I got to watch a little bit of that Gonzaga-Texas game, fell asleep, and man, I guess Gonzaga's having second thoughts on joining the Big 12 now, guys, because Texas laid it on them. Chris Beard's got it figured out now. Not too many mouths to feed. They were great. I uh, got to see Shepard play yesterday. We'll get mm-hmm. to talk about that a little bit later on. And the first ever game played uh, at newly coined MLS franchise St. Louis City SC Stadium. They played uh, Bayer Leverkusen yesterday with their backups. They lost 3-0. Oh, but, uh, you know, there's 18,000 people in St. Louis watching soccer on a Wednesday night. That's going to be the start of something special. And wasn't there an XF, or the XFL draft was yeah, last night? The, 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 yeah, Battle Hawks, the Battle Hawks. Um, I don't know how I feel about it because I don't know who half the players are that they drafted. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see C.J. Davis coming up in the XFL here in a couple of years. But uh, it looked as though St. Louis was happy with their draft. Well, that's right. And uh, we'll see if we can get this worked out because uh, live is, uh, well, Shepherd football fans will definitely remember this name. And he's currently playing for the Keel Baltic Hurricanes. It's C.J. Davis. Can you hear me, C.J.? I can. I can. Can you hear me OK? Yeah. What's going on, man? How you doing? Very well, man. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm living good over here. Can't lie. Well, I bet you are. And what is it like two o'clock over there at this point or p.m. that is? Yeah, yeah. I actually um, went about my day. I went over to the immigration office. That's a whole longer story. But, <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm uh, on here with you guys. Happy to be here. And then I'm going to go work out in a little bit. Typical stuff, you know. Well, before we uh, talk about, you know, your past at Shepherd, let's talk about what's going on with you uh, over there in Germany. Now, you play for the Kiel Baltic Hurricanes uh, in the German yes. Football League. So explain to everybody kind of what the scene is football-wise over in Germany. Yes, for sure. Um is remnants this league is kind of remnants still of nfl europe and i know there's a push to try to bring those things back but we actually have a pr person on the kill hurricanes that uh was also pr for nfl europe and we talked about how those teams like we still had the galaxy the frankfurt galaxy from the original nfl europe they were still in the uh, german football league and 
there's a little bit of shift going on with the ELF, which is new. I don't know if you looked into that, but the European League of Football, but it's kind of a, a market that's been very competitive recently and it's raising the level of play across the country. So um, it's getting more competitive and man, I, I love football for what it is. So no matter what, you know, I'm going to enjoy playing. We'll talk about the atmosphere then. Is it Kilia Stadion? Is that the, the 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 place that you guys play? How does that compare to uh, some raucous Saturdays in Shepherdstown? Man, I will say it's it's similar in the way that there's, for one, at Shepherd, the one thing I love, there's no track around the field, which a lot of big Division One stadiums, even if they're big, there's, a, there's some type of disconnect between the fans and the field. Whereas I feel like a loud game day here in Kiel, it's not the same number of people at Shepherd, but... There's still the same enthusiasm. It's just as um, energetic. And anytime there's a big play, it still feels very similar to when I was there at Shepherd. Although my Shepherd faithful that are listening, it, I can't say it's <laughs> as what as great as a Shepherd Ram game day. And, and in terms of the players that you're rubbing shoulders with over there, is it a lot of former D1, D2 guys? Have you, have you rubbed shoulders with any other you know professionals, NFL, CFL? And uh, is there some pretty good European representation? Are there some you know German natives on those rosters too? Yes, for sure. Um, and you see what the NFL has an international combine, and there's a lot of guys from our league that actually took uh, place in that combine that were uh, European players that get their chance to uh, compete and do their drills in front of NFL scouts. But uh, specifically with my position too, playing defensive back, my job game in and game out is to, or each game by game is to guard the best receiver on the other team. And that's typically an American. And not only an American, a lot of the times it's guys that are trying to make their way back to the bigger leagues. And it's guys who maybe have been cut from a practice squad or had a camp invite and got injured. Those type of situations where there's something that they had to take this route in, but it's very fun to have those are the guys that you're matching up with um, each game by game. It's a really cool thing to even just talk to them throughout the game too. Of course, it's competitive, but it's also cool to catch up a little bit. And CJ, you were playing wide receiver at Shepard and playing that yep. and doing it as a return specialist. How was it a hard transition going from mainly playing wide receiver to mainly playing cornerback into the German Football League, or was it pretty seamless to you? Was it something you picked up? Did you play corner a little bit in high school as well? How much was of it was a transition of going from a wide receiver in college at Shepard to playing as a professional corner? For sure, um, I actually at Shepard my first three seasons I played defensive back. So the the Season that we went to the national championship, I actually was playing corner. Um, I made the transition my senior year because I had some talks with some agents that for my size, it was a little more realistic if I would have some film as a wide receiver as well. So um, maybe I could be seen as more of like an ATH going into NFL scouting as opposed to just being an undersized corner. So um, a lot of what I learned, and I can credit, I had a DB coach at Shepard, uh, Coach Klein, obviously the defensive coordinator, but a lot of the things I learned as well are from Eric Lewis. Uh, he was an Old Dominion um, alumni, and he was our DB coach the year that we went to the national championship. And I know that I took a lot of what he taught combined with what Coach Klein taught me there at Shepard, and I've been able to apply it here and really, I think, reach the, the peak of my game, I would say, as a defensive back is now. I think this is the best I've played at that position. Well, you mentioned the conversation that you had with agents, you know, going into that last season of college. Uh, when okay. did Europe, Germany specifically, kind of come on the radar for you? Was that something that you thought was a possibility uh, your last year in college? Or is that something that you, you kind of just realized, hey, I, I can play football overseas? I think um, being that we had scouts, we had Billy Brown at that time, obviously Trey Sullivan, who played a few years. We had Jeff. Um, a lot of guys were getting looks. So we had NFL scouts at the practices throughout my senior year. And I think 
it was in my mind that I would play NFL or CFL. And I hadn't really thought about the European leagues, but my actual um, initial contact was with the Vienna Vikings, who are now in the European League of Football, and they're playing in Austria. And I actually got to the point of having a contract offer with them coming out of college, but instead opted to go with uh, arena football for a season. And that wasn't something I necessarily enjoyed. <laughs> so looking to play on a full field again, I just got a um, contact from the Vienna Vikings. Their coach contacted the team I'm on now, the Cuba Baltic Hurricanes. And um, I played here in 2019. And then the season I may have returned was just canceled. They didn't mm-hmm. have a season um, in 2020 for COVID. So um, I really enjoyed my first time being here. And I had talked to the coach here and we had been in contact here and there throughout the years. And it just was a like no brainer to come back again. Well, you were a standout at Shepherd, three-time All-American. Uh, you have school record for combined kick returns, 12th in all-time NCAA Division II history in uh, kick return average, 20th all-time punt return average. You were 2013 beyond. I mean, I could keep going on and on. Uh, so <laughs> uh, kind of talk to us about your uh, time at Shepherd, and uh, specifically this, because you're from Hagerstown, uh, went to South Hagerstown, and um, you know when we were coming through school, I felt like I never even really necessarily heard of Shepherd, even though it was right down the road. So what kind of took you to Shepherd, and then kind of talk us through your experience while you were there of course with that national championship uh, appearance run as well of course um i would say washington county in particular sometimes doesn't get great exposure uh, when we talk about going to bigger schools and i think um i didn't necessarily have a whole lot of stars on the big websites and all the espn and things that were big coming out of high school um and i think as i looked at shepherd it was the most competitive football where i had an offer um i had some talks with like delaware state i went on a visit there um, and I just it didn't feel the same type of connection that I felt when I went to Shepherd and performed for them. And just even like the philosophies they talked about, the uh, Coach Klein would love to hear get after their A word. I don't know if I can say that live on air. But <laughs> that was his uh, that was his philosophy going in. And that's something that really resonated with me. So I think um, as I got to Shepherd, I obviously redshirted. And it's not that I was high on the recruiting board or anything like that, but I worked my butt off. Um, so I could get myself recognized and even just getting on the field as a return specialist and being, I would say, at least decent at that, pretty good at that, uh, got me on the field in other positions. So I think um, I, I really enjoyed seeing Shepard. And you can see it now, even in the PSAC, to see them when I was in school, when I was going there, the PSAC was seen as a conference that had a lot of competition. And um, you receive players from the PSAC going into the league year in, year out. So to see that we're doing well and winning conference championships in that conference as well is just really, really um, encouraging. And it, it makes me feel good to be a Shepherd Ram, honestly. Have you kept up with a lot of the teammates from that 2015-2016 team? Or are there other members of that Shepherd squad that are still playing professionally? I, I don't think anyone's still playing from what I've seen. I, I know, like, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot to live. There's a lot more than mm-hmm. sports. I know I personally just... It, it, it's a fit here. I think a reason that I even came back over here is that it's a little bigger than football. Um, so I know I do still keep in touch with guys. I still um, play games with Trey pretty often. <laughs> but um, I think this is more of a, a fit thing, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, I'm keeping myself healthy. I've been training even since I left college. So I really think this is a, it's a great opportunity if it's something that people were looking into and have the ability to. 
after college. Well, well, let me ask you this. You pick either the 2015 or the 2016 team. I don't know how much you've been able to keep up with the Shepherd teams of late and, you know, the accolades of their quarterback, Tyson Bajan. Uh, who wins? The Shepherd roster now or one of your teams back in the day? I know you guys mm. said, was it uh, <laughs> Je- well, Jeff Siemba, yeah, right? Yeah. Was the quarterback on some of those teams? Uh, you line them up best on best. Uh, any one of your years against this current Shepherd squad, who do you think comes out on top? And before you answer that, I think you guys had probably one of the biggest lines in Division Two history yeah. your senior right. year. So. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's actually huge. I, of course, I'm going to root for my guys. You know, of course, everyone holds that. And he, even when we were in school and we made it to the uh, the Final Four, we had guys from the 2010 Final Four team saying, yeah, you guys couldn't line it up with us, though. And that's just natural. Like, you know, I mean, of course, I'm going to I'm going to say my guys would, would go out there. And uh, that's just the shepherd way. You know, it doesn't matter who's lined up across from you. You're going to do your job. So end of the day, we're all Ram family. But. I'm not going to take away from this team. I'm going to take away from uh, obviously the accomplishments Tyson's had. I see Ronnie making big plays year in, week in, week out. Grantham making plays. The defensive backs were both first team all conference. Like I don't that doesn't that doesn't pass by me. I know that this team is very talented, very good, and it only makes sense for the quality of players to keep going up with the coaching side that they have there. So um, I know that it would be a good game, <laughs> and I'm not going to make predictions on score or anything. But you know, I got it. You know, I got to lean with my guys. Well, so you'd uh, you'd start by running the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, right? Of course, you know, you know yeah, get that lightning <laughs> ball. House there, one yeah. real quick, just house one real quick. <laughs> just, just a little house call. So, uh, CJ, how did you uh, become such a prolific returner? Did you just did it just happen? Did you just start returning kicks, or did you watch anybody like Devin Hester or Dante Hall and kind of emulate some of those guys on your returns? What what kind of led to you getting so good? What kind of training did you take to get such a prolific return specialist out of yourself? And how come you didn't do that our senior year of high school and we'd have won a couple more games? <laughs> uh, I will say, okay, to answer both of those, I'll, piece by piece. I, I think um, it is interesting you say about Devin Hester because I initially, I wore 23 in high school and I actually wore 23 this again this season in um, in Kiel, but he was the reason I wore 23 because that is someone that I really liked. I don't say that I can emulate him. I mean, that's one of the fastest on-field players I've ever seen, but um, I will say that I think skill set wise is what it kind of takes, but it's also just something that's a little different. Like there can be players that are incredible running backs, incredible receivers, incredible DBs, but aren't necessarily good at returning the ball. And I think it is kind of a specific skill that uh, I'm not even sure I can always put into words, if that makes sense. There's just a way that you have to get a feel for all 21 other people on the field and feeling the flow of the game and how I can exploit that. I think that's what I would go and I would look at film. I mean, that was a huge part. It's not just my natural abilities. I would look at the average of how far they would punt the ball. I would see at what yard line were this, was their kickoff team at when the other returner was catching it and where was he catching it? And those are the type of things that, you know, football is a game of inches, a game of milliseconds. And I was able to kind of make it easier for myself to try to make those split second decisions to find that gap to burst through this hole because I know I'm not going to get hit. So I think um, my preparation outside physically, while also taking those type of things serious, is something that just kind of adds up to uh, a good formula, I would say. And then <laughs> why didn't I do that in South Hagerstown? That's, <laughs> that's a very good question. I'm not sure. Uh, for one, I would say maybe the quality of 
kicking the kicking game yeah. a little different. You know, grass school? field too. I'll give you all the uh, excuses if you want to. I'll say them without you having to do it. <laughs> yeah. Again, Appreciate that. We're uh, chatting with CJ Davis, the defensive back for the Kiel Baltic Hurricanes over in the German Football League, and of course the standout uh, at Shepherd back in the day. But uh, CJ, appreciate you taking a little time to chat with us. Uh, well, this morning here, this afternoon, over where you're at, and I'd get yelled at if I didn't do this, but my mom wanted me to say hi to you. So, Miss uh, oh, Nice Warner says hi. Hey, oh, that's very sweet. Hey guys, hey to your whole family. Hey, I still got you saved as a uh, J Nice in my family. So <laughs> Come on, man, don't <laughs> out me like that. Now everybody's gonna start calling me that. But uh, CJ, I appreciate you, man, and thanks for joining us on Panhandle Sports Live. Of course, man. Thank you so much for having me. And stick around. We'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. And Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, before the break, we had a former Shepherd return specialist and defensive back wide receiver currently playing over in the GFL, the German Football League, with the Keel Baltic Hurricane, C.J. Davis on. If you missed that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. Uh, but let's shift our focus back to Panhandle Sports, fellas. And uh, Luke, a little breaking news when it comes to the hardwood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got another commitment. We always love to shout these guys out when they can. And uh, feel free, if you're a high school athlete that's committed, you want to come on the show uh, and, and get interviewed, we're more than happy to have you on. Uh, but Will Shively is a big piece of the Jefferson basketball team that obviously uh, was the number two team in the state last year before falling in the state semifinals. Uh, he's a shooting guard, six foot three. It appears he's going to further his academic and basketball playing career at Hood College, uh, which is Division Three. And if I'm correct, yeah, they won their conference, which is the Mac Commonwealth, back in 2022. So six foot three guard shoots a good ball, Shively. One of the key pieces from that Jefferson team last year looks to be the same this year. Uh, is going to be playing ball at the collegiate level. So shout out to him. He committed uh, 50 minutes ago. So congrats nice. to him. That's awesome. Good, good for Shively. Good for him. So let's talk a little Shepherd basketball because uh, you were out there last night at the Butcher Center, at the Rockus Butcher Center last night, Luke. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the Rams fall by one point last night, and it uh, all came down to the end. Yeah, it did. Um, and this was a game where it just seemed like Frostburg was able to win. Neither team was shooting well. You could tell it was early season woes. Neither team was incredibly efficient. Shepard just shot 28% from field from the field excuse me, in the second half of play. Uh, Jason Murphy was very, very good for Frostburg yesterday, dropping 21 points. Uh, the things I saw from Shepard, just a little bit of frustration. You know, I was really impressed with Dan McClain Corley's their leading scorer. He goes for 12, but it took him 13 shots to get it. You know, there were times he forced up shots I didn't think he needed to, but other times you could tell he's the best guy at getting buckets in isolation for this team, and he's a bit of a mismatch nightmare. I like the backcourt of Philip Jordan and John Preston. They're both guys that can get downhill and put pressure on the rim. They both get in double figures. I was just a little bit frustrated with their inability to playmake at times. I mm -hmm. think this team needs uh, to find out who their best facilitator is going to be. And John Preston at that size pulling down nine rebounds to lead the team uh, was fantastic. Carson Poffenberger, somebody I saw play a lot in high school. And my synopsis on him early on is it's clear that he's a role player and he was last year and he's trying to do just a little bit more this mm -hmm. year and he can he's just trying to figure it out you know he looked good a couple of times the pick and pop pick and fade kind of game uh, he didn't play within his size at times he looked a little soft at times he was able to you know be more physical and give it right back to the defenders uh, I like uh, Gerard Robinson came off the bench he's, he's a, a stud he's a glue yeah, guy man. Great. He, he does a lot of really nice things I think for this team in terms of effort keeping the ball moving 
Marcel, I'd have to see a little bit more of him because he didn't play much. But the guy I like the most uh, that I think, and I've only seen this team play a couple of times now, so uh, hate me if you want, is Aiden Hughley. Mm-hmm. He started at the three. He's six foot six. And he looks like he can be a mismatch nightmare with him and DMC on the floor at the same time. He was posting up against smaller guards, looking physical. It was really strange. He moved without the ball like an NBA player. They just couldn't find him. And then there were times when he would be willing to post up against smaller guards. Uh, and then there were times that he wouldn't do it. You know, So it was a bit of a mixed bag. But when he was getting buckets in isolation or 15 feet around the rim, back to the basket against smaller guards, and then you have those guys spotted up for three, because that's the one thing that Shepard did really well was convert on open looks I think Hughley could be a guy that you play the offense through opposite DMC or get them off the floor at different times and run the offense through them uh, that could be a problem but you said this game came down to the wire uh, Shepard uh, was up one uh, Frostberg gets a download of their big man he gets fouled hits both free throws five seconds left they threw it to midcourt get the timeout three seconds left uh, they lobbed it up for Poffenberger who had a, an okay look fading away from the baseline got blocked out of bounds and then they had a catch and shoot opportunity with 0.4 seconds left and couldn't get that shot away in time uh, so they lost to Frostburg State, which is not a good, not a good loss. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that I think about this team improving that could make them more deadly as the year goes on. Well, I really liked Aiden Hooley last year, and they have him listed at 240, which I don't think he's anywhere close to. He looks like he's dropped some weight. Yeah, yeah, I think he's dropped a little weight and added a little muscle. I stopped by one of their practices a couple of, uh, I think like last month, uh, right when they were getting started, and uh, he looked fit. And DMC, I think it all it all revolves around him. If he stays healthy, yeah. if he can be as productive as he was at the begin at the beginning stages of last year before he ended up getting hurt. I mean, he was averaging like 19, 20 points a game in the first six games of the season, and then of course went down with that lower body injury that kind of nagged him the rest of the season but if, if he stays healthy and like and I agree with you and they can figure out kind of a big man situation or somebody can kind of fill that role and I think this team could really come into their own as the season goes on I think so too there's a lot of good pieces on this team Philip Jordan really stepped up in the second half of last year when Dan was got hurt and I think when we're looking for that facilitator we talked about last night I think probably your best option is going to be Philip Jordan although he can score I think him being the facilitator in that offense as the point is probably where this team needs to go and really the big thing for me to I, w- I want to see a consistent John Preston this year because sometimes you'll see him score 20 points. Sometimes you'll see him score two. It's it's up and it's an up and down game with John for the most part. He always does his part though. He gets his rebounds. He gets the assists and he he gets into where he can. But if John Preston could become a more consistent scorer for this Rams team, I think it's going to be a problem. You got guys all over the floor that can do some great things. We highlighted Gerard Robinson earlier as well. He's a great defender off the bench. Fantastic. You can put him on your best player and he can put some work in on that shift. It's, there's a lot of good pieces on this team. And I think it's really just putting it together in the first half of this season. But Luke, like you said before, losing to Frostburg State is not a quality loss at all. And hopefully the Rams can rebound for it. They, they believe they're back in next Tuesday, I believe, is their next contest, if I'm correct. Well, uh, yeah, it is a tough loss, but it's at the beginning of the season, so uh, they got time to figure things out, and uh, this is a young team, well, aging team, I guess you could say. They're not that old, but uh, they only lost two guys last year uh, graduating, so uh, they have a little bit of experience, but I think it'll take time. It always takes time, and uh, it was funny. uh, In our group chat yesterday, it was like, well, welcome to Shepard Basketball, Luke. They uh, build you (laughs) up, and then they just let you down sometimes right at the end, but I think this could be a really good men's team uh, this year, and speaking of Shepard Basketball, uh, a lady that was with the Rams last year and is now down in Huntington, we were able to catch up with her uh, yesterday afternoon, so we'll listen back to that here after the break. Oh, and uh, I want to mention, too, um, because we do have some listeners up uh, across the border up in Maryland. Clear Spring, uh, their volleyball team won the uh, 1A state championship yesterday. Wow. So uh, oh, shout out to, to the Blazers. Spring. Yeah, they've had a 
They've had a rough um, couple of months over there in Clear yeah. Springs, so uh, that's big for not just the team, of course, but for that whole community over there. So shout out uh, the volleyball team, the Clear Spring Blazers, winning the 1A state championship. But uh, when we come back, we'll hear from Abby Beeman, Marshall Thundering Herd point guard on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Hi, this is Brian Walker. Looking for Walker. Touchdown, Rams. Brian Walker catches the record-breaking touchdown pass as he finds his quarterback. You listen to Panhandle Sports live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Nice Winter alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And, uh, well, fellas, uh, we have been following the trajectory for a while now of Abby Beeman. Of course, uh, she was such a standout uh, in the really team last year, the revolver, the facilitator ever the team revolved around her last year Shepard of course she ended up going to greener pastures pun intended going down to Huntington to uh, take on the thundering herd or to join up with the thundering herd as they take on uh, their schedule starting now and uh, she's off to a pretty good start guys yeah she is Uh, she's a starter on that team which we weren't sure she's their primary ball handler she's the second leading scorer in through the first couple of games Uh, she's had a great career she's been successful wherever she's went starting at Frankfurt which I think Parker found out yesterday is in the state of West Virginia Um, (laughs) and she's from Fort Ashby to <laughs> clarify, which is absolutely it's close to it's it's close to not being in West Virginia, uh, but it is most certainly in West Virginia. But she had a, a great four year career there, and then she comes to Shepherd, dominates, was a part of some very successful women's teams here. That I, if I'm correct, gave Glenville State the best game that they've got yep. basically through the entire postseason, uh, mm-hmm. and now she's at Marshall doing it at the D1 level at five foot four, no less, which is remarkable that she's playing incredibly well. And it was cool to catch up with her. Yep, they all came down to. I still hold true, uh, Parker, that if um, Sid Clayton doesn't foul out, if that one random foul doesn't happen to they her, win. they win that game. I 100 percent agree. It was, it was that was a crazy game to call. It was a really good game between two amazing teams. And again, really, I, I'm in full agreement. If Clayton doesn't foul, which arguably it, it shouldn't have been a foul. It mm-hmm. shouldn't have been a foul at all. That fifth one, you could say Shepard one wins that game, but it was a 12-2. I think it was a 12-2 run. Glenville State closed in to win that one, but. Yeah, it was it was a uh, crazy end of that season, and it looks like Abby is getting her first season as a Thundering Herd member off to a fantastic start, which is great to see. And we were able to catch up with her yesterday, and I think she was on her way to campus, so if it sounds, the audio sounds a little crazy, she was in the car, but here is Abby Beeman, uh, Marshall Thundering Herd point guard. Joining us on the line is uh, Marshall point guard, Abby Beeman. Abby, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. So uh, before we start talking about your most recent performances here with the Thundering Herd, I want to ask you uh, how it's been transitioning, you know, from, of course, Shepard. Everybody here at WEPM will be very familiar with your name from Shepard Basketball the last couple of years. But uh, now you're in the big leagues down in uh, Huntington. How's the transition been? Uh, it's been pretty smooth for the most part, obviously. Um, I'd be lying if I said, you know, there wasn't a you know, a little bit of a change, a little bit of a difference between, you know, the things we do on the court and then, of course, you know, adjusting to things that they do off the court. But for the most part, it's been pretty smooth and it's just basketball at the end of the day. So. Hey, has it felt, uh, did you feel like you were kind of a uh, small fish in a big pond at first and now you're kind of working your way into things? Honestly, not really, but I don't know. We have a lot of new pieces on the team, so I think we all kind of felt the same way, so that made it a lot easier. Well, take us inside the transfer portal. How does that work? I know it's uh, kind of crazy, especially at the Division One level, but going D2 to D1, you put your name out there. I mean, did you get a lot of bites? Did you have a lot of options? And in the end, why was Marshall the best choice? Yeah, so I wasn't sure just because of, like, what you just stated, that, you know, I am coming from D2, and I didn't know, like, many D1 schools would reach out or, 
So it would just be like mainly D2 schools, but I did have a lot of interest, both Division Two and Division One. And then I kind of got to the point where I had to narrow it down, and uh, Marshall just kind of fit everything I was looking for as far as if I'd be able to step on the court and make an impact right away, my family still being able to make it to some games, and then you know also being able to have the opportunity to play at the highest level. This just kind of made sense for me, and you know, I'm glad I made the choice I did. So, Abby, take us through a little bit of some of the newer places you got to go. Of course, when you were playing in the PSAC with Shepard, you were going to mainly just like your Millersville, your Cows, your Cutstowns. Now you're going all over the country, it seems like. You were go- went at Purdue to start your season. Now you're going down to and down to Georgia for a tournament coming next week. So what, what's it like with all the travel? With the Is there any flying going on for you guys? Is it How different is the travel-wise compared for, comparably from Marshall to Shepard? Yeah, so you just said that, you know, we've been basically staying in PA for Shepherd, which I like seeing all the small, you know, PA towns. That's still really cool to me. But, you know, here we went to Purdue already, which was a super cool experience. And then we're going to be going to Georgia here for Thanksgiving, so that'll be cool. But we're, we're flying there, and we'll be flying a lot of our conference games as well. So not too many bus trips, surprisingly, but um, I'm not complaining. I'd rather fly to, you know, places like Georgia than bus it, but – um, I'm super excited. That's just an added bonus of the D1 level is just seeing new cities and new places. So you know, those are experiences that I'll be able to keep for a lifetime. Well, it's certainly a lot easier to fall asleep on a plane than it is to fall asleep on a bus, at least in my experience. Uh, but when you were at Shepard, I mean, the offense ran through you. You were, you know, the facilitator and the main scorer. And I'm assuming, and watching a little bit of your game last night, uh, your role has definitely changed a little bit now that you've gone uh, down to Marshall. So, uh, I mean, are you still looking to, you know, score as often as possible? I mean, of course you are. But uh, has your role changed a little bit now that you're down with the Thundering Herd? I'd say that... I don't know about my role changing, but just the fact that we have a, a lot of people on the team that are capable of scoring and that, you know, any given night, you know, it could be a different person. So I think I pretty much, you know, have the green light and, and my coach has faith in me and what I can do when the ball's in my hands. But I think it's going to take time to adjust and really see who, like, we don't know whose who's ball the hands, who's the ball is going to be in the hands of at the end of games and stuff right now. So I think that's something we're trying to figure out as a team and, you know, they're trying to figure out the coaching staff. And since it is a new team, just, Every game we're learning something about the players and, you know, whose hands are on the ball. Well, take us through some of your teammates maybe that have impressed you the most. I know it's uh, Rashala Scott that's been leading the team in scoring, but you've got Matthews as well. Harness comes off the bench, has given you guys a couple of buckets. Or are you kind of liking the rotations early on and uh, the depth of the talent that you have around you on that roster? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool that we have a lot of people who are capable of putting the ball in the basket. Definitely takes, you know, the pressure off of, you know, some other people, like you mentioned, like Roe or, or me or even Mo. So I think that, you know, us having a lot of girls who can also shoot the ball, like Sydney Scott and Tara Harness, like you just mentioned, also, you know, allows our drivers to be able to get into the paint and take it out to them or, or score the bucket themselves. So definitely the pieces around us are there, but it's just about bonding right now, finding the chemistry. And then, you know, once we find that, I think we'll be a pretty good team. And take us back to the off season really quickly as well. You know you're going to Marshall. You're taking the step up in terms of talent. Uh, what was the biggest thing that you worked on uh, during the off season from a skill perspective uh, to get you ready to take the jump up to the Division One level? Well, I just kind of you know do what I always do in the off season, which is you know find something from my game that I think you know I need to improve on. And whether I stay at Shepherd or you know King Marshall like I did, I was going to work on the same thing. So you know I'm improving my left hand, of course, and then. Um, just, you know, basically like well-rounding my game out and making sure I can still, you know, get to the basket at the D1 level, watch a little bit of film to see, you know, different ways I can do that. And um, just, 
get in the gym every day, and, and I think that translates no matter what you're working on. And I'm sure, Abby, a lot of our listeners are wondering, what's the biggest you think change has been from your transition from Shepard to Marshall at this point? Is it just classroom size or are the classrooms bigger? Is the athletic training facilities any better or nicer or bigger? What's, what do you think has been the biggest change in the past basketball season to this basketball season for you? Well, I think you kind of already hit on like some of the stuff, like travel and stuff, so a lot different. But a lot of the changes that I've seen um, have come off the court and – as far as, like, we get fed, like, you know, three times a week, like, after practice and just, like, all the different things we get. Like, the training facilities are better. We have an auxiliary gym, like, just stuff like that. I mean, it's not stuff that you need, but it's stuff that's nice to have. So, those are, that's probably the biggest change that I've seen. But, you know, there are a lot of them. So, it's kind of hard to narrow it down. Well, you're leaving behind a Shepherd program now that has a new head coach uh, with Julie Coffin, and we're expecting it to be a little bit of a rebuilding year for the Rams. So as somebody that has had some success, prolonged success, at the Division II level at Shepherd, what would your advice be for some of the new players, for the new coach, uh, to kind of make sure that program continues its winning ways and you know tries to build a new culture to compete in the PSAC? Well, I would just say, first of all, um, they were kind of put in a tough position being able to like form their roster at such – you know, last minute. So I think from what I've heard that she's going to do a great job with the program. And, you know, I think you just got to give her a few years to get to see what she wants in there. But, you know, the advice I would have is just, you know, come, some girls that come out of high school and go to Division two, just, you know, play basketball. That's all it is. So just don't ever think it. Just, you know, make win, put winning in the forefront and, you know, you'll have a lot of success. Yeah, we're speaking with Marshall guard Abby Beeman. And uh, one last question before we let you go. Now, I've never been to uh, Huntington, never been to uh, the campus of Marshall. So say I'm coming down to come uh, watch one of your games. What are some places i got to check out, if you've had time to even get out and about to check out Huntington? Are there some places that I need to hit uh, if I come down to uh, the area? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I'd say if you're going to go out to eat, you have to go to Backyard Pizza. It's pretty well known, and a lot of people love it. So I think that's definitely something you got to check out. And then – course you got to come to a game other than that i just get out and explore well abby thank you for taking a little time to chat with us uh, here on panhandle sports live and keep up the good work you're certainly making us all proud up here in the panhandle all right i appreciate it thank you guys and that was abby beeman we were able to catch up with her yesterday after her uh, uh great start down at marshall and um I, i've said it a couple of times uh, last year when we were talking about her I, I love her game i love watching her play i think she's always had d1 talent but i thought she didn't have d1 size and i thought that, that really got uh, accentuated in the Cal game last year where all they had to do was put one of their six-foot uh, athletes on her and then that, for the most part, shut her down. But it seems like she's worked on that. Of course, uh, she's aware of that, I'm sure. Uh, and it's translated pretty well to uh, the D1 game so far. And if you guys haven't picked up on it by now, I'm a sucker for playmakers. Mm -hmm. I love watching a good playmaker play. And I think that's the biggest thing that's going to keep her afloat at the Division One level. You know, at times when she's physical, or, you know, and she's not able to get to the rim, she's not able to get a shot away, she's going to be looking for the open teammate. And they've got some scorers on that team. And, you know, a great playmaker, I just said it with Shepard, you know, a, a great facilitator can be the difference in unlocking a new level of an offense. I've been saying it about the Mountaineers for years, and they still don't have one. Uh, and I, I could see her being really successful for them in games where she's not able to score. I could see her having some classic, like, 2.8 assists, three right. rebound, four steal, steal kind of games, and I'm, I'm looking facilitator. exactly. I'm looking forward to watching her play. And that's one of the best things about Abby too. She is such a tenacious rebounder for especially someone at her size playing the point guard spot. She averaged nine rebounds last year for Shepard, and that, that just speaks to the level of tenacious that she plays at. And if if the shot's not going in, she's going to rebound and dish the ball out. That's that's the type of athlete she is, and she's 
more than earned, and we're all very excited for her to progress as her career at Marshall. It's going to be super fun to see. Absolutely. And if you missed any of that conversation with Abby, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle uh, News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll step aside, come back in Parker's Picks, and wrap things up here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Your 2022 West Virginia Broadcasters Association News Talk Sports Station of the Year. Going to keep it. He's looking for Walker. Walker at the goal line. Touchdown, Rams! B. Walk with his second of the day on a three-yard pitch and catch for Tyson Bajan, and the Rams extend their lead. Hi, this is Brian Walker. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bats. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbats.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Icewinner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proving it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, two for three yesterday. Solid round for how crazy November has been for Parker's picks. We'll take the two for three lock of the day hit. And now I am very sad that I didn't take the spread. (laughs) Didn't think anybody was watching that. Luke just hit the dirtiest guitar, air guitar solo I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I love it. I love privacy on that one. I love it. Uh, yeah, lock of the day was Michigan beating Pitt, and I'm now very upset that I didn't take the spread on that one because Michigan embarrassed Pitt yesterday. They won by 30 points. Things you love to see. Yeah, lo- love love Pitt basketball struggling. They they don't look good at all. They're, they're going to be a bottom feeder in the ACC. Michigan beats them by, like I said, 30. Miami of Ohio and Northern Illinois, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, they had a really good game last night. It was very good. Uh, Northern Illinois ended up getting up early, and then there was a safety from Miami of Ohio in the first quarter. Game went back and forth. Red Hawks ended up winning that one, I believe, by four. So that's a win for our books. But sadly, Texas took it to Gonzaga last night, and that was another route. I was very shocked to see Texas win by that much. I knew it was going to be close between those two. What uh, was that final? It was, I believe it was 74 to 93. Oof, I watched it until halftime. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I, I, Texas had that one in control yeah. I went to, when I went to bed. That was a no contest. 93-74 to 74 was Oof. the final. Yeah, crazy. I, I was not expecting it to be that bad at all. But yeah, t- I guess Texas is legit, and they should be a uh, Big 12 Conference championship contender for the rest of this season. But it is no sweat Thursday. It is Thursday night football, and it is the Packers, and it is the Titans in what is going to be a run-filled game. Not sure what the weather's looking like right now up in Green Bay, but it, the weather this weekend is supposed to get nasty in some parts of the country. So my lock of the day, we're going with Mr. Reliable. We're going with Aaron Jones. His over on rushing yards is 57.5. Take the over on it tonight. I'm feeling Aaron Jones is going to have another great game. He was dominant against Dallas when – I think Dallas is the best defense in football right now, and Aaron Jones had a field day against them. Take the over on Aaron Jones' 57.5 rushing yards. I got the Packers winning as well in this one. I think this is the turn the corner season mark for Green Bay. I think they're going to rally it together. I think Green Bay is going to get into the wild card because it's Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to miss the playoffs. He will not miss the playoffs. And quoting uh, one Stephen A., he is a bad, bad man. And he is he's not going to miss the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is going to take this team to there. And I think they're going to beat a Tennessee team that has been very shaky this season at times. And Ryan Tannehill, he's getting himself really solidified back into the lineup. But I don't think it's enough for Tannehill. Under on passing yards tonight for Ryan Tannehill. The, the number is 184.5. I'm taking the under on Tannehill's passing yards. 
And, you know, this, those are my main picks there. But if you want to throw in Christian Watson as well, of course, he had a big game last weekend against Dallas. I don't think he can replicate it, though. I think he's going to go under his 37 and a half receiving yards prop. I'm rooting for Watson. I think he, I hope he does for my sake because I, I like Christian Watson a lot. I hope he's going to do well. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of coverage for Christian Watson and I. I think Green Bay is going to really focus on the run game, go under for that one as well. But lock of the day, use this one on your slates for today, for tonight. Aaron Jones over the 57 and a half rushing yards mark. Now, while we had the time, I want to uh, wrap back around to Shepard football because the PSAC, uh, first and second, all PSAC first and second teams were released yesterday. Uh, tons of Shepard guys on both the first and second team. Uh, Tyson wins Offensive Player of the Year. Coach McCook wins his first Coach of the Year, which is surprising to me, but I guess they really haven't been in the PSAC for uh, all that long. But uh, let's go through these really quick. Now, first team, Bajent, Ronnie Brown, Marlon Cook, Ryan, Bre- Ryan Beach, which I think we all think was a little uh, surprising. Not that you know he's not a good player, but he just hadn't had that much action uh, so far this year. Brian Walker, uh, Joy Fisher, Lucas Holloway, Smith, Graham Batten, and Keyshawn Haley all on the first team. And then the second team, which is what I really want to dive into, especially with Adam Stilley making that second team list. Because, Luke, uh, you said that you think he got kind of shafted on that uh, team pick. Yeah, I 100% think he did by way of the fact that they had two offensive linemen make the first team, like you said, uh, and Lucas and Fisher. And well-deserved, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but in my opinion, I think Stilley's been their best offensive lineman. So I, I think he should have been up in that first team as well. Other than that, the, the one thing I did also want to say is I'm thrilled that Keyshawn Haley got on the yeah. first team yes. because he's delivered some pain this year, and I'm glad that that's getting represented. I compared him to you know West Virginia. used to have Carl Joseph has a really hard-hitting safety. He reminds me a lot of him, and I was happy that he made the team. I think a lot of these selections are warranted as well. Bajan also won the uh, PSAC Offensive Player of the Year on top of Coach McCook winning Coach of the Year. A lot of these selections are great. You look at that offense, it just t- tells you how great it is. Pretty much every skill position player on that offense was a first-team selection. Bajan, Brown, Cook, Beach, Walker, like the main pieces of that passing offense, all on the first team. That's fantastic. I think Stilly not making the first team is a travesty. Again, you could argue he's been their best offensive lineman this season. He's been solid at center. You could, you'd have to very much nitpick to find a little thing that he hasn't executed correctly. But he's been fantastic, manning down the middle of that middle of that offensive line. Uh, the entire offensive line gets on first and second team altogether. Pelicano and Brown got in on the second team, and the uh, interior guys Alexander and Dunbar get in on the second team as well. Speaks to the level of talent on that team that they dominated most of the first and second team in what has been a fantastic season for the Shepard team. Well, fellas, got just a few minutes left here. Any other uh, topics you want to hit while we uh, have the time? Yeah, uh, uh, Shepard women's soccer. We'll give her a little highlight real quick. Midfielder Sarah Hahn got named to the All-Atlantic Region second team, so a big congratulations to her. And then into the national side, we had a uh, some awards rolling out for the MLB as well. Julio Rodriguez, my guy, and Michael Harris won Rookie of the Year for the American and National League, respectively. Cy Young's just got announced yesterday. Justin Verlander turns back the clock, wins his third Cy Young in his career at age 39. And Sandy Alcantara wins the first Cy Young in Miami Marlins history in his first in his career. Did you know that uh, the St. Louis Cardinals traded Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen for Marcelo Zuna? That's really, that's sad. That's uh, that's the one that got away. Uh, One thing I did want to say as well, uh, if you're looking for an excuse to blow off a little bit of work today, the WVU women's basketball team plays at 10 a.m. today against Winthrop. Uh, It's education day. So they bring hundreds and uh, thousands of elementary school school students to the games. I used to do that game every year for U92. Deafening. You cannot hear. (laughs) Those games are always so much fun. You cannot hear yourself think. They're just screaming the whole time. I wouldn't necessarily recommend being in attendance for it, <laughs> but watching it on ESPN Plus coming up here in uh, about an hour, uh, the Don Plitzel White era, they play a fun brand of basketball. Check that out. 
They used to do uh, education day games at uh, for the Suns over at Municipal Stadium. They're right at the end of the school year. And you're right, man. It would just be so loud at those games. So loud. And it was at 10 o'clock in the morning, which was always brutal because we had a game the night before. And then yeah. you had to just sleep at the stadium and then uh, get ready for the game. But anyways, Miss Nate's show day. You can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Uh, we have Panhandle Lives next. So for Luke and Parker, I'm Jordan. This is Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We will talk to you tomorrow. CST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.